0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. So one day I just did it. I said, I guess it would have been 2018. I said, by the end of January, I need to start a podcast. So I was real into goals at that time. So I did it. And that's why I was getting it out. And at first it was 15 minutes of me just talking shit. I specifically said, I believe in the first episode... That I do not want to do an an interview show. I don't want to interview people. And that's exactly what I do now. (laughs) Like three days a week is sit in my basement and talk to people. Like I said, I didn't want to do, but, uh, you know, five years later, whatever it's, it's evolved and I enjoy it more than I thought I would.
1: Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads. I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops metal podcast brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk about their lives, music and craft beer. I hope you've been having a A killer week so far. I most certainly have been. I'm super stoked to announce that the four-year anniversary for the Vox and Hops podcast is coming up at the end of October. And to celebrate that fact, I am having an epic four-year anniversary party at Turbo House on October 29th going to have a live podcast recording where I lead a head-to-head discussion between Pascal Germain Berardi, the professional classical vocalist, and Sébastien Croteau, the extreme vocal expert. That's right, clean vocals versus extreme vocals. It's going to be a blast. Uh, who's going to win? Who's going to come out on top? I'm very, very excited to host this conversation. But this is just not only a live podcast recording that's happening at the 4 Anniversary Party. There's also going to be a killer performance by one of my favorite Montreal-based bands, The Great Sabatini. Once again, the four-year anniversary party is happening on October 29th at Turbo House. Come party with me, come enjoy life, metal and craft beer in celebration of four years of Vox & Hops. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves podcasts, well, you should absolutely let them know that the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast Exists. You could tell them that there are over 360 episodes for them to check out, to go back and listen to, to explore where I hang out with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about life and metal while sharing a killer craft beer. If you would encourage one of your podcast loving friends to become a brand new Vox and said, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Today's podcast was recorded at September's Thirsty Thursday virtual hang. This is Vox and Hop's episode number 367 with Dan Crayley of the Getting It Out Podcast. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up everyone today? I'm very, very stoked to be with Dan Crayley of the Getting It Out podcast. I love, love hanging out with fellow podcasters. We are recording this at a Thirsty Thursday live. I love doing these. I love hanging out with the Thirsty Thursday gang, conducting an interview. It's something that excites me, something I always look forward to, and it's been a few months I haven't had the chance to do it. So here we are with Dan. Dan, let's start with a simple one. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. I'm very excited to be here. Big fan of the podcast, so I'm glad to be part of it.
1: Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, as I just mentioned before, I started recording here, introducing you to the Thirsty Thursday gang. Before we started the interview part of it, uh, you had me on the Getting It Out podcast a long time ago, way back on episode 182. Uh, now you're approaching uh, 240. You're you're almost at 250 episodes. So so I know what goes into 100 and plus episodes. So. It's a long time ago that we hung out, because you've spoken to over 120, 130 people since me, so so I had a good time, Dan. It's about time I had you on one of mine. Let's just jump into the thick of it. I love asking the worst question first. Uh, how did you cope with the glorious years, plural, of 2020, 2021, uh, hopefully not the rest of 2022, hopefully not 2023, hopefully we can have some fun and get back to normal by 2024, but uh, the Getting Out podcast was already running before the pandemic hit. So, so how did the, that impact and how did you cope with everything in this glorious day and age?
0: Well, overall, um, I might have had a totally different experience than everybody else because I loved it. And I would take back the <laughs> pandemic tomorrow. If you give me back 2020, March through August, I'll take it back in a minute without all the death you know, without, without all the innocent people dying, uh, we can cut that part out. I do it all over again, man. That was a, that was a really good time for, uh, for me and specifically my family. Uh, I had just been married for about a year and I have what would what, know, the, the corny term that they use a uh, blended family where my wife had a daughter, I had a daughter and then we got married. And, uh, You know, the first year is always good. There's a lot of shit goes on, right? It's a lot of people getting used to each other. So a year later, when the pandemic forced us all to literally work together, work beside each other, do school beside each other. It was just a really it was like a, you know, trial by fire. Like we had to do it and it worked and so much good stuff happened then. And I know, I know it's not, it's not what most people would say, but it, it was great. Uh, I, I finally got to work from home. I, I've been wanting to find a way to work from home my whole life. And I was finally in a position where it happened just like that. One day they sent us home and then I stayed home for two years. <laughs> so uh, I ended up leaving that job. And now I, now I work close enough that I walk to work since working from home's gone. I found a job that I can walk to the literal closest place to work. So, as far as like general living, that was, it was great. Um, as far as the podcast goes, I didn't change anything because there was a lot of, at the time, and I'm sure you saw this too, a shitload of podcasts were popping up. Everybody was suddenly so doing many. a podcast because everybody had, everybody had time. Every musician was available. Nobody could go anywhere. I was doing interviews at six o'clock in the morning with people over in Europe because that's, everybody was around, you know, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to set a precedent for something I knew I couldn't deliver on because at the time I was doing one a week and I did that up until 200. And then I said, well, I am i don't know why I'm making this deadline for myself. Like well, I'm making it stressful for myself. I should just do it when I want to do it. And I still basically do one a week. Sometimes it's two a week, but I do it at my own schedule. So uh as far as the podcast goes, it was a good time to grow because you kind of had a, a captive audience, but I think there was a lot of oversaturation, too. And that's all starting to go away. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, But for better or worse, you know.
1: Well, that's a good thing for us that uh, we we are longstanding. And we we have the over 200 episodes for people that uh, fall into love with the podcast can go back and peruse some of our older episodes. But it is true that during the pandemic, there was there was a lot of podcasts that started
0: i was in the a couple episodes ago or a couple issues ago in decibel i was the reader of the month in the front of the front of the magazine and i made a comment in there which i've made other places too about like starting a podcast and distributing a podcast worldwide is so easy and it's 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 it takes nothing if i can figure it out i figured it out like as i went right i'm sure a lot of people have done the same thing and uh anybody can do it and everybody did do it
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, you don't need the most, there's not that many, like much investment that you have to put into, to start a podcast, which is a good thing. And it's something that you can, you can build incrementally over time, getting little pieces of better gear, which, which, you know, is, is, is a very cool thing about podcasting.
0: Or you don't have to, I've been using the same $17 USB microphone that I bought when I started the entire time and using free software. And, you know, of course there's other fees to host and all and all that and I, you know i put money in elsewhere but as far as equipment ah, you can do it cheap
1: that's amazing i love that uh, vox and hops is all about hanging out with my friends talking about their lives music podcasting tonight and uh, while enjoying a craft beer so what beer are you going to be drinking tonight that we will be sharing virtually with the thirsty thursday gang watching
0: i'm going to go with uh weed eater by tired hands uh, out of Philadelphia, Ardmore Pennsylvania it's of course Weed eater weed eater the band inspired double i p a uh it's this is the last of my four pack i I buy these four packs and then i I like save a can I always save a can and I have a whole shelf that's just one can uh from each and I feel felt like tonight was the right night to finish this weed eater batch so if you hadn't had tired hands out of Ardmore, Pennsylvania, there's a nice place in uh in philadelphia to pick it up to called S- i don't know how you're supposed to say it. it's stoners or saint Oners, but it's s-t period it's a little uh, bar and it's a great place to just drop in and pick up some very good beer
1: very very cool on my side i am going to be enjoying something that uh i was very lucky enough to get my hands on last night because i was there and uh, they gave it to me before i left as i made a little wink and told them i wanted them to give it to me uh it's from Utoida. it's basically montreal's most metal uh microbrewery uh very very inspired by true brewing out of denver uh, they initially opened during the pandemic and just were selling growlers at first because uh, you couldn't drink on site because of the pandemic and then eventually they started you know The regulations and everything got a little bit looser, and that started happening. But then they've started canning very minimally. But uh, I'm excited they have. So I have this as their Hellas. It's um, a Hellas, basically, uh, that was dry hopped uh, with hops uh, that I should know the name of, and I should have asked him, but now I don't remember. Um, I'm going to crack this, and I would love to hear about your first beer.
0: My first beer. I feel like it's got to be one of those here, take a sip things from the parent. Right, because I grew up in a family where drinking was very common, still is, and uh, that came along with my dad owning bars, so my dad owned my dad owned a bar, a pretty shitty hole in the wall, you know <laughs> where ultimately it got shut down uh, considered a nuisance bar, two of them. but anyway, um, it was just drinking was a normal thing with us still is again again, in my family, and the, it was like the the spoken, Drinking age was 16 years old, and uh, that's not like think you know it wasn't like normal. It was on those special occasions, but so I, I don't know when the first one actually was, but I can guarantee it was a Miller Light handed to me. You know, here, take a sip, um, and then that progressed. Like as a as a hi- high school kid, and a college student, it was all just cheap, run-of-the-mill, ice house, natural light. You know, the cheap light beer. And uh, it did the work, or it did the trick. I should say it did the and, trick, uh, and it. <laughs> it wasn't until later that I moved on to uh, craft beer.
1: What would have been that evolution? Where did that come from? Was there a specific beer, or was it just you yourself becoming more refined as an adult, as we tend to do?
0: I think the, when I specifically remember going for it, ordering it, getting it regularly was after I graduated college. So probably about. 2005, 2006. And, uh, there was a trogues brewery here in, uh, at the time it was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I think it's in Hershey, Pennsylvania now. Uh, but I would go to this bar and I'd always start by getting one trogonator, D- trogues, trogonator, it's a double box. Um, and I loved it. It was like 8.2%. And I always thought that was like the, that was like the start of the night. Right. And then from there on, I went to the, to the Miller lights or whatever, but I always just like, I had this tradition where I start with the with the strong beer and then, you know, coast the rest of the night. But uh, that's so I got to say, I was I had to think about that. But I think it's definitely the Troganator from Trogues. which they still sell. It's a it's a great beer.
1: Definitely a wise decision to start heavy and then go lighter afterwards. Right. <laughs> I do that. I do that to this day. <laughs> you were wise, but beyond your years, because typically we learn that later. So it's good that you do that so early on. This is uh, Hellas is, is killer. Um, it's like slight honey tinge to it. uh, It's crisp, cereal, uh, delicious. Um, If you guys can get it, try to get it. And uh, if you can't, ask your friends to uh, send you a snow globe. Uh, Let's talk about the Getting It Out podcast. My experience with you back on episode 182 was a great one. I remember finishing and I was doing a lot of Podcasts at that time, I had put like a a mandate that I wanted to be in, on as many as I could be on uh, throughout that year because I, w- I had just done brutal North America, so I, I wanted to do as much press as I could for it. And I remember finishing with you, Dan, and I was like, Dan, that guy was good. Like that was well researched, um, thoughtful, uh, listened. A lot of podcasters don't listen, they monologue, and that was not the case with you, so I appreciated that very much. Uh, Talk to me about starting a podcast. I never ask this question to bands, but I am interested when I talk to fellow podcasters. How did you get into starting a podcast? What was, did you listen to podcasts and then realize that you could? Well, what is your your origin story, basically?
0: I did listen, I did listen to a lot of podcasts for, early on, well, let's see, about, I guess it'd be about nine years ago. Nine years ago, um, I was listening to the podcast before that. But nine years ago, I split up with my daughter's mother. So she moved out. My kid moved out. I was working third shift by myself at a, at a printing company in Baltimore. And so I'd go to work every night by myself. And I'd have my daughter every single weekend. And because she was so young, she was like one, you know, not even uh, at the time. I didn't speak to anybody. Like I felt like I didn't for for every night at work. I, there was, I didn't work with a single person. I didn't live with anybody else. I didn't, my daughter couldn't speak to me. So I found like this, this relief in listening to other people talk, you know, and I don't even, I couldn't even tell. I mean, it was a lot of like stuff, like stuff you should know. And, uh, and this American life, like the podcast like that, really like that, that I just got really into. And uh, then there was a lot of comedian stuff. Um, but I really found a sense of, and it was like, I wouldn't say community because it, I wasn't involved in anything, but it was just nice to be involved or to hear conversations and laugh, laughing at something somebody said. I hadn't done that in a long time. So eventually I start recording myself just talking while I'm in the car. I would just, and I'd go on these rants and I would, was always considered a funny person, like class clown in my high school. And, you know, like, and I was just always out there and doing wild shit. So people started commenting, oh, you should just do a podcast. And then, so I just did. And that's why it's called getting it out because I just needed to, I just needed to do it. There was all sorts of reasons I was coming up with why I couldn't, why I shouldn't, why, what's the point of it? What the hell am I doing? And uh, so one day I just did it. I said, I guess it would have been 2018, I said, by the end of January, I need to start a podcast. So I was real into goals at that time. So I did it. And that's why I was getting it out. And at first it was 15 minutes of me just talking shit. I specifically said, I believe in the first episode, that I do not want to do an, inter- an interview show. I don't want to <laughs> interview people. And that's exactly what I do now. <laughs> like three days a week is sit in my basement and talk to people. Like I said, I didn't want to do, but, uh, you know, five years later, whatever it's, it's evolved and I enjoy it more than I thought I would.
1: Um, you know, Vox and Hops is supposed to only be with singers. I quickly realized right. that <laughs> this wasn't going to be sustainable, especially when my first episode was with a guitarist, but <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But that does make sense. Cause Fools I, I was meant to be broken. Yeah. I was scrolling backwards through your content today. And that makes sense. Why it episodes basically on iTunes start at episode 32. Is it because the first 30 were we're just you ranting.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I think, there might be a couple of interviews in there. The first interview I ever did was with Ben Hutcherson of Chemist, and that might have been in the 20s. Maybe um, the first one that might be available now is Jr. from Pig Destroyer. Uh, but I was I was doing something. I was just doing a whole different approach, I guess. I kind I feel like I've kind of lost the humor I had in it early on. Cause I didn't take it seriously at all. And now I take it pretty seriously, but I try not to like, I try to rein it back in every now and then I try to let myself go off the rails and ask stupid questions. I used to just say stupid shit. Like when's the last time you do, or do you wash your legs? You know, and people be like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Well, I don't, I don't think a lot of people do. I think it's just runoff." And I think you know. you're, I think
1: you're correct there, though. A lot, a lot of people don't wash. Yeah. I, I don't think I do it. Is, you, we all wash our armpits a lot, though.
0: Oh yeah, you gotta, you, you know, get the, the necessary parts. But how many people actually scrub their calves?
1: You know, I
0: think they're lying. But yeah, so it was a lot of that. But yeah,
1: um, so you 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 put a goal, you achieve that goal. You broke your rules. You started doing interviews. Uh, How easy was it for you, you know, getting chemists right away, getting pig destroyer right away? I was lucky. They're all my friends. I, my first hundred episodes, I think my first publicist organized interview was, um, episode 80 or something. So, so how did you land these big bands early on without, without like much notoriety?
0: I was already on the publicist mailing list because I had been writing for stereokiller.com for a lot of years. I had been doing music reviews for a long time and, uh, they were really, they were, they were pretty rude. Like I'm glad that website is gone. Cause I said some mean shit and <laughs> I wish like, <laughs> like it was, it was really brutal, like mean, It was basically negative reviews. And I'm, and I, I hate that I did that. Well, like, I'm glad that I got the experience of, you know, Doing it, but uh, like now with, with what I'm doing now, I don't want to. I don't want to say negative things about what people are doing. But anyway, but so I had these contacts with uh, with PR people from the start, so that was always an option to begin with. I just didn't take it until like I was. I was just really into chemists at the time, and so when I saw an uh, you know an email pop up saying they were available, I'm like, well, I'll break the rule now, you know. And then and then it became like, oh, okay, Pig Destroy, okay, Terror, okay. Yeah, you know, I was making exceptions based on bands I really liked, like, like Cycroptic or the Casualties or like there was all these certain things and the whole thing was to grab from different genres too, which I still try to do. And uh now it's just become the consistent it's a I mean I'm sure you know it's a never ending stream of emails, uh interview alerts, uh asking for availability, and we get to pick and choose. So that's the that's the nice
1: thing. It is really nice, but it's also the juggle of how we could all fit it in, which which is is, is a fun problem to have. But sometimes there's like ah, but I want to talk to X, but I'm talking to Y. <laughs> but I also want to talk to Y, but I also have to work all week, and no, it's not going to work. So then there's those ones that get away. I'll say it right now is I really fell in love with Psy's new album the japanese mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah yeah
1: death metal band and i was pitched to do an interview and i didn't take it and i feel bad now and i regret it because i'm i'm just eating the album up
0: i just listened to that i think yesterday and uh that was shiki is that what it's called uh,
1: something like that and and it's, yeah that's pretty that's pretty awesome it's so good that first heavy riff that comes in is captivating and very 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 good very very good i like it very very much um so you did over almost 250 episodes um you try to pick from different genres talk to me more about that i think that's interesting i have a very much of a brand right when i choose who i'm going to speak to either they're involved in the beer world in some way or they're a fellow podcaster in an instance such as this or they're a metalhead. i have like a a brand of people that i'm willing to have conversations with and i think makes sense to share to my audience um picking from different genres what is the overlying theme that makes uh, the getting it out podcast itself
0: um it's basically just me picking stuff that i like that's largely it it's not always it sometimes there's things that i just sometimes there's bands the, my last episode my last episode was a band that has not put out a single song yet it's just it's a guy that i like who i've been friends with who has a new band and i thought well let's just let's follow up the an episode with Crow, crowbar was last week this week we'll do luxury teeth out of baltimore who nobody's ever heard of and if somebody's sticking around from listening to the crowbar episode maybe they're going to check out this new hardcore punk band from Baltimore. Um, that's, and that's, it's the way I listen to music too. I don't just, you know, I, I love kiss and then I like some po- power violence shit. Right. And I'm going to listen to them in the same day and I'm going to, and I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's just my taste, right. It's just the way I really listen to music is the way I want to share music. I've always been interested in pushing my interests on other people musically. Right. And, uh, this is just a huge format to do that.
1: <laughs> it is indeed. And is that something that you do? You mentioned that you like staggered episodes by, let's say the notoriety of your guests. Is that something that you, you do like intentionally?
0: Sometimes not all the time. Like if I look back now, the last last few were, or what I would consider bigger bands. Um, like as we're talking right now and in, in beginning of September, there, it is crowbar Christian tankard. Um, you know like those pants but then like i have luxury teeth who was this week too and then but now i'm like now i have a couple done right that are already recorded like i have razor is one that's ready to go um and that one i'll probably put somewhere around now but then i then i have like a more obscure older baltimore hawker band next step up that i want to work them but yeah i guess it i guess i do finesse it more than i think i do you know i have a whole schedule i have spreadsheets i don't know how you are i'm sure you're Similar, but we got to keep track somehow. And
1: yeah, <laughs> that's it's, yeah. It's the when I when I'm getting ready to do the work. You know, like it's like oh, we, the conversations are fun, but then there's all the behind the scenes stuff of starting a podcast that you don't realize right away. And I'm very very lucky that i have a system that works for myself but i i I open up the spreadsheet and i go okay what episode am i working on i'm like oh yeah that episode and sometimes as you well know too it's we had the conversation almost maybe a month ago two months ago and then you get to like relive that conversation again as we edit it and i like that very much especially when it's with friends because i'm like as if i'm hanging out with my friends again and that makes me happy
0: do you ever find I see. All right, I'll get off of interviews sometimes, and I'll be like, and my wife will ask me, like, "Well, how'd it go?" I'm like, "I don't know. Like, it was it was, <laughs> it was fine. Whatever. It was just felt like another one." Mm. And and then I listen back to it as I'm editing it, editing it. Or she hears it later and, and she's like, what What was that? Was That seemed like you were everything was good. Everybody was having a good time. You were having. And I was like, yeah, no, when I listened to it back, I thought it was great. But like at the time, I don't know, I just had these expectations because you get off of something. Maybe the one before was, was great and you were really getting along with whoever you're talking to. And then you just have a totally normal conversation. And it feels like a feels like a drop off, but it's. But it's not the same for the people that are listening.
1: No, no. Because we're, we're constructing, at least that's what, how I look at an interview or a conversation like we're having right now. I have like an arc that I want to hit. And we're really focused on hitting all those points while connecting with someone. But when we're listening to it afterwards, we're start, we don't see the plan anymore. You can just actually live the conversation. And hopefully it worked. And the arc is there. And you've hit all the points that you plan to hit. Because sometimes there's like there's talking points that you want to do, but then you have to take a left turn when a conversation is going in that direction. That's completely fine, too. But that can that can be destabilizing, I find, if I'm doing an interview and I didn't get to hit the things that I wanted to do. But we had a great conversation. Maybe after those conversations, I'll be a bit more like apprehensive of how it went. I feel like maybe I wasn't as in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and
0: the thing is, and you know this, of course, from you got to listen, but you're thinking about what you want to ask next to and the shit overlaps and somebody might say something say might say two things that you want to comment on and i'm i keep paper around right if i really need to i'll write something down um but and i have i have my printouts that i do every (laughs) for every interview of all the things that i want to hit um and when it gets when you get knocked off that path but you don't want to you don't want to write the ship because it's going in a good direction. But then you, you're trying, it's trying to keep track of it. Especially, when, and even when you're doing video too, it's harder. When I know you do video on like all of them, right? So to keep eye contact, to keep, say <laughs> so you're not looking off, you know, scribbling down your piece of paper. You know, there's just, there's a lot that goes into it. That uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of juggling sometimes, but most of the time it works out.
1: I love it, obviously. I, I, I'm coming back from a month-long break. It's something that I... Didn't really do the first few years of the podcast. And you you started a little bit before I did, but you've been running just as hard as me. Uh, Sometimes I think just stepping away actually helps me as an interviewer to to become really focused on why I do this and why I love doing this. When we do two, three a week, sometimes it becomes routine almost. It's interesting. Something that I've, I've had to realize that I need to take breaks to love this.
0: That's I mean, I've never done it. I should, probably should. It's been like five years and I've never taken more than a week or two off, you know, and sometimes well, sometimes I have because I'll stockpile interviews and then take a couple weeks off that the listener doesn't know. But I do
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, you just recently launched uh, the getting it out dot net, a website, something completely different. Uh, almost like a it's like a news media site a metal news media site which features the podcast as well but also like pertinent metal news that you must love where, where did this come from uh, now that I found out that you used to write reviews for something it makes more sense why you have a metal news website I uh, to me about the creation of that what went into that and uh, why you did it basically
0: I did it because I don't know I, I just got I've just got like this obsession with with music and with uh sharing it and there I don't think there's much on the site that you're not going to be able to find other places other than that it's a it's it's the hub for getting it out podcast right that's the that's the main purpose it serves uh, but there will also be uh, reviews and articles. I put up a, a, a an article that my friend wrote uh, for ten underrated death metal records of the two thousands, right? Things like that, which I know is very like BuzzFeed, but whatever. <laughs> those I like reading those things too, and he wrote it, so I want to put it up there. I did one for hardcore records from the same era at one point, but uh, it's really just to provide a bigger platform. It's another or to provide a platform to talk about and share the things, the podcasts. And there's also a, there's also over a, th- maybe like 1200 band pages, individual band pages that are actually on the site. They're a, a little, hard to navigate to now. If you go up into the right corner, there's a featured band uh, tab. And if you click there, we need to figure out a better search option there. Cause right now it's basically just a, a, a three, which is three across grid all the way down from a to Z. And you wrote all those pages, all of them, (laughs) all of them. Oh, but that's the thing. This has been, this has taken a little over three years. Good for you. Complete. And, uh, I have just done content. A friend of mine has helped out building, right? He made it look cool. He does all the stuff I do. I mean, he's done, right? His part is done. I do the day to day. And, uh, I took, the idea from the concept, or the idea, yeah, the idea from Carlos Ramirez, who runs No Echo, which is basically a, a hardcore site, um, that just to have something up there every day, whether that's just one news article or what, whether that's a video post, a new podcast, there's something new there every day. It might not be big, but it keeps it keeps everything moving, and that's that's the whole idea. Also, like my favorite thing to do on it. And this is kind of ridiculous. My favorite thing to do on it is every Friday to post a list of all the new releases that came out that week, which is hard to do, but I got a spreadsheet for that one too. <laughs> so so I try to keep, I keep a list of every new release that came out every Friday. It's up every Friday morning and it has uh, a, an embedded player to listen to a song or whatever and a link to buy a physical copy um, every Friday. So that's like my that's like my favorite thing to do with it
1: but yeah i think it's amazing and uh i'm wondering if jerry monk checks your website to find out if he's missed anything because jerry's here with me the metal architect who who does my playlists i'm curious if he checks your site chime in here jerry jerry come on in do you check uh, the getting it out uh, i guess i can start checking i didn't know there was a website till now i guess i can add that to
0: my cycle of Websites that I use
1: next right. site. <laughs> we'll talk to Jerry more later um, What is more work uh, getting the podcast together and or getting the Content out each day for the website Dan
0: the website because it's harder to do it's harder It's way harder for me to write things um, You can go to websites and left and right and find press releases, right? They're just copy and paste shit and that's, that's all, a that's really all easy way they
1: to- do with <laughs> It's a real easy way to
0: do it. And I've done that before for other people's websites, right? When I was posting their news. Um, But I try to at least change the words, right? (laughs) Like I'm going to copy and paste that paragraph and then I'm going to rearrange and, you know, make it read differently. Um, I'm going to keep all the links in there, the dates, the images, whatever. But it's going to be presented a little bit differently. And to do that takes time. And I don't have a lot of time. I get up... Three hours before I have to be at work every day, Holy and I shit. come down here, and I—it's not that bad. I get up at like five thirty ish, and come down here, and I do a little bit of this. I get ready for work. I walk to work. I walk home at lunch. Do a little bit of this. I walk back to work. Come home from work. Do a little bit of this. You know, and and sometimes that still only equals one thing a day. So,
1: yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, I, I'm hearing you. Um, financially. This is how my brain works sometimes, and I was just hanging out with Leonardo from the Baron Mag um, up here in Montreal, and he's always about business, and he likes to ask me interesting questions such as the one I'm about to ask you about uh, how we can make money doing things like this. So Obviously, the podcast, there's ad reads that we can do, there's affiliate links. Uh, is it more financially fun to have the website because you can have a sell banner space? Uh, what, what is more financially lucrative in your experience?
0: The, I mean, the website already and it's i haven't even sold a lot of banner space i've given most of it away that's that's really what i did for the beginning of it i told i contacted friends of mine who have record labels or and bands or have other podcasts and said i don't want these spots to be empty so give me give me what you got and we'll put this here and when i have people start paying for it i'll take yours out and now there's a rotation of people that are paying for things and that's something i never thought i'd get to where basically it's just breaking even across the board. Maybe <laughs> like I'm probably still in the hole, but you know, when you consider like yearly expenses, but, but, uh, but it's nice. It's, it's much easier to say, have uh, you know, I've reached out to, to people that I would, that I would like to advertise on the website and said, here's what it is. And here's my prices right now. And this is as cheap as they're ever going to be. Because I don't know what I'm doing and I can't really offer you a whole lot right now. But so if you just you know, it's it's really like uh selling myself like downplaying what I'm offering, but at the same time not giving it away for free.
1: That's a good tactic though. It's it's uh it makes people uh, appreciate you and Right. This guy doesn't get what he, you know doesn't know what he's actually offering me. I'm gonna take advantage of that.
0: <laughs> it was really easy to approach the people that I was already given free shit to to say, hey. So it's been a few months. What do you you say? You know, are you in or not? And and, and if they were out, well, maybe they're out for good, you know?
1: (laughs) Back to interviewing. Uh, You mentioned that at first uh, you were more comedic in your approach. Uh, How have you improved your interviewing skills? What steps did you take to become a better interviewer? And um, is that something that's important to you?
0: It is. It's something that's important to me. And I don't think I've made the strides that I wish I had. I still find myself struggling to come up with something to say, but I I think that's also just me, right? Like I, I can only get so far away from it, but I get left speechless sometimes. And it's not because they're really, it's typically not because they're really saying something that, uh, that like floors me it's just like well i don't know what else to <laughs> i don't know how to follow that that wasn't that in, like no that wasn't that interesting i don't know how to follow that up um so i try to go that's when i usually revert back to the humor and try to go a little bit off the <laughs> wall i'm like well so anyway you know and it doesn't always work and uh i've really learned to uh to try to break the person down a little bit like i, I usually try to be funny with them privately beforehand And to try to check the mood, sometimes it's just not happening, you know, and sometimes (laughs) we're going to, all right, we're going to go straight forward and, and eventually, you know, the, 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 the wall comes down a little bit, but for the most part, you know, when somebody's going to be serious and when they have an agenda, they want to talk about their album. And I understand that. And I want to make sure that we do that too. Right. So I want to get that. I want to make sure that they see we're getting that in. And then, then we can, then I can fuck around a little bit. Right. Because once maybe it's, it's off of their chest. And I know a lot of these people, they're doing a shitload of interviews, too. Like, I, I know that's a big thing. Anybody promoting anything now, you're doing way more interviews than you've ever been done before. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I try to be a little funny about it to break up the routine. But some of these guys just or guys, gals, whatever, just don't want to. They just want to get it done. And you got to respect that.
1: I think it says I was going to say, and I'm glad you said it, that people are doing a lot more interviews and i get those emails book your slot you got 20 minutes you're like third in line and i've done a few like that i've I've probably done like under five out of the the 350 that i've done because i don't like it i feel like the person is annoyed already because who knows who they spoke to before us and and who knows what that experience was like? So so uh, I, I much much rather like something like we're doing tonight that it's booked on a schedule that I appreciate and that the person can appreciate, and we have time and there's no cutoff because that stresses me out.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a bad one that I've been doing. I do them sometimes on my lunch break. I walk home from lunch Ugh, and I do so stressful. an interview. I mean, <laughs> and like I'm not worried about my time. But it's like uh it's like, oh, I'm doing their first slot of the day, I'm doing their twelve a m so I know that's the first one, which is it's, has its benefits right because they're not worn out by it yet, but I'm also the first one, and I know I have a I know twelve thirty they they gotta go to another one. So, like, without even talking to them, I'm trying to be like courteous to them, knowing that they have to they have time. And then also, I'm on my fucking lunch break, right? So I, I need to I need to eat too. Uh, so sometimes sometimes it gets quick. Sometimes the interviews go fast, and uh, and sometimes it's a good thing, though. It means we're we're both quick. We're both answering quickly. We both getting out everything that we want to say. And then I look at the clock and I realize it's only been 20 minutes. And they say, "Well, fuck it, that's it, man."
1: You know, is there a, an interview that ever got away from you that you wish you could redo? Uh,
0: there's a, there's a, there's a couple of them, but the one, the one that comes to mind, I wish I could redo it. Oh, I, oh, pff, there's a couple, but all right, I just changed my mind while I was trying to think about that. Sick of it all. I had the Kohler brothers from Sick of It All, and I love hardcore. That's like my thing, right? And I had Lou and Pete from Sick of It All who uh, you know are synonymous with the band the genre the you know it's the longest running hardcore band ever and we i was i used to do all mine on through skype which i did that specifically because i could call phones with it and i still do i did one last night where i called a you know you call a phone with skype it doesn't they don't the the person on the phone knows no different it shows up as my phone number right um and we had all sorts of technical difficulties trying to get them on it and by the time we got to talking they were both of them one more than the other was just not happy to be there anymore and it kind of sucked because it was taught i just i read their whole book to have this conversation like it was a it was a conversation about their book so like it's the most research I ever did it's a band i've been listening to my whole life and then we get fucked up by uh technical difficulties and then you know people tempers are just short nobody got mad or anything it was just like clearly one guy didn't want to be there anymore and the other guy was doing his best to uh to drag it along but it was uh, it was rough it was rough and i you know but i didn't want to give it up i didn't want to give up in the on the interview i just kept pushing through and that probably made it worse but whatever (laughs)
1: Good for you for for sticking to it but uh you can get them again you know there's there's return guests it's bound to happen That's right yeah 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 put the put the put the call out into the universe and it will happen Hey what's up Fox and Hops I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours that's right I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates I love making collabs. I love making beer collabs. I'm releasing four of them tomorrow. Uh, I, I, I just I love it at uh, Brutal Montreal, which, cause, which everyone knows we're recording this tonight before Brutal Montreal. Um, I like making teas, I like making coffees. What would be the perfect collab for the Getting It Out" podcast?
0: Man, Why well, it would have to be it would have to be a beer. Because that's it's, that's all I give a shit about is <laughs> other than my family, right? Is is music and beer. That's what I spend my money on. That's what I spend my time on. And uh, there's uh, I've tried to make it happen. Not hard, but I've tried to make it happen. I've tried to you know make contacts, I should say, with uh, local. Tried to stick very specifically local. And it hasn't always it hasn't worked out yet, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying.
1: What what style of beer would you go for? What what would be something that would make you proud to see your logo on?
0: I think it would have to. I think I would want a. I think I would just want a. Uh, I guess I would have to say just a, a hazy IPA, as simple as it is now, right? As as common as that is, but not something. Uh, not a double, not something heavy. Just like a six percenter, a little lighter, lighter. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's that's. That's what I'd go for. You know, that's what I want to drink
1: a lot of. Right. Mm. Which, which is one of the benefits of making collabs. And uh, you're, you're reading into my mind on a, f- a little glimpse into the future for the four year anniversary of the podcast. Uh, you're, you're right on track with one of the collabs that will drop for that. Uh, Being a podcaster, I don't think I've asked another podcaster this. uh, Something that we get to deal with that not a lot of people get to deal with is we get to listen to the sound of our voice a lot. Are there any weird mannerisms or um, habits that you do when conducting interviews that when you're editing it, it annoys you and you cut it out?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't cut it out. Uh, But I do. I, I I go anyway. It's a lot of us, but it's but usually it's a anyway, and I'll just stammer a lot, you know. I'll, that would drive me crazy. I do cut
1: that, would drive I do cut me that out sometimes. Crazy. Where I'm just going, yeah.
0: oh, and then I, you know, edit that out. But it happens, and I don't know what to do about it. At the, at the time, I don't notice,
1: but it's there. I, My first few episodes, I would I would hear that, and I would be like, ah, oh, I sound <laughs> so unconfident, and. <laughs> yeah that drove me crazy i said i've learned over time that if i do find myself missing something i'll just take a moment and then say it again because i know i can cut it perfectly at that point Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i've i've worked in the the long pauses i was editing one earlier today and uh i left a long pause in it and the other guy on the other end was like what's going on (laughs) shut up
1: like just just wait just Just your face you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's something else that i've learned over time too is uh if the internet is is not is lagging a bit there i'll just say let's just take a moment let's wait for the internet to catch up, and then let's jump back into this and that's something that initially i wouldn't i didn't do, and I'd just be stressed the whole time that i'm losing this interview, whereas if you just stop for forty seconds sometimes it's enough for it to catch up, and then you keep going
0: that's some advice I need to take because i will i like usual'll we'll just through it. and force and force and it doesn't get me anywhere and uh yeah i've had some where you just you know sometimes you just get a delay that fucking makes it all so weird and it sounds like you're not responding to them it sounds like they're not responding to you and then you both go to talk and there's a you know you clash and it's like start over again and you know it can be uh technical difficulties can be a pain in the ass but but i don't know any other way around them other than working through it so Learning, I guess you're doing that. You're learning. That's-
1: <laughs> Patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the video, you know, I'm, I, I always release my videos, but I never edit them so people can always see what really happened. Uh, and all the, the things that I typically cut out of an interview. <laughs> One last question before I throw you over to the Thirsty Thursday gang for some questions. Um, it probably might happen to you because uh, you like, seem to like beer as much as I like beer. Uh, what is your hangover cure?
0: Uh, I don't think there is a cure. Um, but I do think it happened to me just this past weekend, actually, for the first time in forever. And I think I, I think I do a really good job of not getting hangovers, a really good job. I do, Two or three, that's it. And it doesn't happen. Right. And uh, the other weekend, my wife and I were sitting out with some neighbors and went a little longer than usual. And I knew it was going to happen. So pop some Tylenol the night before and had a slight one in the morning typically it would be the the way to get rid of that is to go for a run exercise run sweating it out i don't know if it really works but it feels like it does but then the best way of course is just crack another one uh, but, and 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 that feels like that feels way more acceptable after you take a run that is so true. like alright i'm gonna go for a run Now, (laughs) now, now I, now I have the right, you know, that that is true. I'm not an alcoholic.
1: I went for a run first.
0: (laughs) That's, that's, that's the argument we use all the time. Like, but I'm in pretty good shape, right? Like, can anybody else just go run three miles and then, you know, whatever,
1: Good for you. I like that. Um, Dan, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Let's introduce uh, the Thirsty Thursday gang. Who here has a question for Dan from the Getting It Out podcast? As usual, the first one with his hand up. Dervites, uh, <laughs> Phil, from the Whispers from the Void podcast. Phil, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? How are you doing, bud? How's it going, Phil? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, my question, like matt told you about like uh all the an episode that you want to redo um uh, my question is more like an episode or a guest that you you got on your podcast and you were like okay it's going to be fine and you just don't like the uh, the guest in question <laughs> <laughs> the, like if you don't want to talk about it that's fine no 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 i i will
0: i will share um And it's kind of a, it's it's kind of a weird one because it was a weird one. It was, uh, Mina Caputo from Life Agony. Uh, she just went off, man. She was just going off about shit that I was not prepared to talk about. I had no idea. Like, I'm not even asking you about this. Don't like, yeah. And and, like, I don't, in those situations, I, I don't know how to respond correctly. I'm recording myself. Like, I don't want to throw this whole thing out. Um, but I think she was cool with everything, right? But it was just, it just had me like totally thrown off and uh, in, in uncomfortable waters, I should say. Like, I just don't, I didn't know how to handle that one. When I put it out, I had people, friends of mine, like, you know, messaging me and be like, thanks for getting through that so I could, uh, so I could enjoy your discomfort. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I guess somebody enjoyed it. So that's, you know, that's the whole point, right?
1: That's interesting because like I, I had some episodes like on my podcast. Mostly my podcast was serious at first and it was funny at the end. instead of funny. Right. But it's just yeah. like when I have guests, I'm just like, I'm always improvising. But when I just don't feel it with a guest, I'm just like, Oh, shit. <laughs> Eric, go again. <laughs> but I always enjoy my episodes. <laughs> Am right, I yeah. sadistic? Maybe.
0: <laughs> it's good We're all suffering. still doing it for some reason. It's good suffering. Good suffering.
1: <laughs> Brian, go for it, bud.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Very good. It's been a while. How are you doing? Hey, Brian. Doing
0: pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, it, it seems like you're, you've are you got your um, your path sort of figured out with your podcast, but you said the interviews; it was a new thing at, at the time. Um, do you do you foresee trying to add or implement something else to the podcast in the future? That maybe you've been trying to work on it all, like building up, seeing different things through the episodes. I the only thing I can think of like that is I thought at one point at one point I wanted to kind of do a series a series inside it's basically it basically be the same show but I thought I really wanted to do cuz I I lived in Baltimore for a long time I was really into the Baltimore hardcore scene so I wanted to do a series of episodes about Baltimore hardcore bands and I started to work on a thing where I would ask all of the all of the same band, well not the same bands, all of the bands from the area the same set of questions, and then I was going to do an episode where it was it had everybody in it, and not everybody answered every question, but it was it was just like ah, this question goes to this guy from Trap and Rice, and this one goes to the guy from Turnstile, and this one goes to the guy from Stout, whatever, blah blah blah, and then those were all, and then they were all going to have their own episodes as well right it was like this whole but it was just too it was too much for me it's too much to keep track of and i think i think it definitely could be done if i didn't have two daughters a wife and a full time job right it's like and and now i threw this website on top of it so i don't know how many more or any if there's any more dimensions to add because i've tried doing like radio style shows too they exist they've happened But uh, that even that that that, which I thought would be like simple, I thought that was going to be like done. No problem. That's even that even takes time. Everything takes time. And that's not what I have a lot of. I imagine that would be one episode would take a lot longer. It multiplies out quite a bit. Right. Yeah. If I'm talking if I'm trying to include six people's interviews in the one I got to do the six interviews first and (laughs) and then you got to edit them and then, you know, it's 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 a lot or potentially would have been a lot
1: to do just the one episode though and an easy way around and i've done episodes like that and they are actually really easy to put together is you send them the questions and they just send you the answers so you don't actually physically have to be there they can just talk into their phone even voice memo app send you the responses and then you cut those in together I love doing episodes like that. And whenever I do them, I'm like, wow, these podcasters that do stuff like this is takes them no time at all.
0: That's, just, that's, a, that's a good idea. The only thing I think I would have run into in that situation is dealing with some of the old guys that I was dealing with that a friend of mine runs the, does the meet meet podcast and his, his stuff is all like, he's talking to a lot of older people from a lot. And we talk all the time about the struggle of. Doing these with people who aren't
1: technologically as capable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as capable.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Definitely. Well, but they're getting better. I think after two years of the pandemic, they had no choice <laughs> but to invite <laughs> their, their <laughs> grandchildren over to show them how to run Zoom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Brian. How do you hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, uh, hail Hath. Um, Hath. Come on. Come on. Peter from Hath. What do you got there?
0: Oh, Hath's, Hath's killer. Nice to meet you, Peter. Yeah, likewise, and nice to see you guys. It's been a been a minute, so I'm happy to get back into this. Um, Matt, good to see you. Dan, welcome. Uh, Dan, you mentioned when you were starting uh, your podcast, you went through a period where like you just didn't talk to anyone, like between work and life and all that. So when you were starting the podcast, were there any things you did or any exercises you found really useful to build that sort of public speaking confidence kind of work out your cadence and your flow and become just a better speaker no it wasn't and i think it was just i think it was just irrational confidence you know like well fuck it i've I've always just i've always just been totally down for getting up in front of a crowd and being making an ass out of myself like i said when i was in uh, a school kid i was class clown but uh, but then I also I sang for a, a hardcore band in Baltimore for a while. Like so, being on the stage with a microphone in my hand wasn't isn't uncomfortable for me. I <laughs> I had kind of a reputation locally in like South Central Pennsylvania for a long time. If you were at a show and bands weren't playing, I was. And what did that mean? It Just meant I got drunk and got on the stage and I would just do my own little brand of stand-up comedy and karaoke to the to to, to not everyone's enjoyment, right? <laughs> like that's just that's just what I did. So, so getting on a, on a podcast was almost easier. And, uh, there's, there was a little apprehension hitting that, hitting that go button that sent it out to the world. Right. Because it's not all automatic, like standing up in in front of a crowd with a microphone, it's gone. Right. But when you can actually (laughs) do some quality control and go like, all right, well, I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, it's a little harder to let it go, but no, th- I, I didn't do anything. I probably should have. And I still feel like it's a giant work in progress. For sure. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Hail half the metal architect, Jerry Monk himself. Go for it, bud.
0: What's up? Uh You talked earlier that you had sick of all sick of it all on your podcast. And it's like a band you've listened to forever. And, you know, big fan of, is there like, kind of like Matt with Mike Patton. Is there like that white whale, like that's like you're setting your sights on. You you want that to help take the podcast maybe a little bit further. Yeah, I don't know that it would do anything for the podcast at all. I mean, I, I'd imagine it would, but my favorite band like of all time, well, my all, pretty much my favorite band of all time is Opeth. So Michael Ackerfeld, you know, like just, I, I don't even, I, like I would just totally fanboy out about that, right? I mean, I have a whole... I have a shelf here that's like only Opeth records, right? But like there's <laughs> the whole record collection and there's the only Opeth. So like I had on uh well, I don't, I'm going to say his name wrong, but Per vberg I think is how you pronounce it correctly. Um, who was the keyboard player for Opeth for a little while. And uh, he did a solo record sometime last year, maybe. And I had him on to talk about that. And I, I, I do a pretty decent job of not bringing up People's past projects because I don't think that's that's what they want to talk about. Um, so I've like just mentioned it with him, but yeah, but Michael africa of um, Opeth would be the one. Um, but there's like uh, there's other guys that I've had on, Burton C Bell from Fear Factory, but we weren't talking about Fear Factory. We were talking about Ascension of the Watchers, so I basically didn't bring up Fear Factory at all until he did later on, and that's uh, not the easiest thing to do, and it's hard. It's hard to not advertise it as Fear Factory because you know that that's going to sell way sell way better than Ascension of the Watchers, right? right? You know, there's like these, when you're talking to people about their current projects, try to be respectful enough to not just just say what their say what their uh, old thing was. But yeah, that, but, but Opeth, Opeth, I can't say it'd be anybody from Opeth because there's been so many different members, but it'd be Michael from Opeth. That's cool. Right
1: on. Dan, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me. It was an absolute blast. Everyone go check out the Getting It Out podcast. He drops episodes just about every week, sometimes twice a week, whenever he feels like it. Um, killer, killer content. I had a great time when I was on it back on episode 182. It's approaching 250 very soon. It will be 300 before we know it the way he's at it. Go check out his website, gettingitout.net. There's always something new every day. That's 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 a lot of work. So so cheers to you, Dan. Uh, cheers to the Thirsty Thursday gang. Unmute yourself and uh, give Dan the proper send-off as he deserves. Thirsty Thursday style. Make some noise, people. Yeah, cheers, hey, buddy. Cheers. <laughs> Love it. Thank you guys so much. I can't wait to hang on again. Cheers. All
0: right. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
1: Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, do I ever love hanging out with fellow podcasters. It's just so cool to sit down and have a conversation with someone that understands all of the trivial things that go into Putting out consistent podcasts week after week. It is a strange world. It is a passion project. We do this because we love it. We do this because it's something that we want to share with everyone. And it is just very unique and special to have a conversation with someone that understands that world. Massive cheers to Dan For hanging out with me And the Thirsty Thursday gang If you haven't already Go follow The Getting It Out podcast On the podcast platform Of your choice Trust me Dan is a killer host And you're gonna love His podcast If you enjoy Vox and Hops Now if you enjoyed This Vox and Hops episode You should sign up To the Vox and Hops Hospital Podcast mailing list You can do that On my website voxenhops.com. That's A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that You shall receive One email a month That will contain All the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently, you'll get to see which episodes I have coming up, you will get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, you will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public, and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, and I'd hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the mailing list the vox and Hoss Metal podcast is brought to you by sound talent media and evergreen podcasts i hope you have a killer weekend i will be back next week on tuesday with a brand new heavy montreal presents vox and hops episode but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer and cheers vox and hops hits. hello everybody
0: i'm bruce